This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The Toronto Real Estate Board just issued their December data when it comes to the price of real estate or housing in the city of Toronto and in the broader GTHA. Uh, there's a lot we need to unpack and know, and uh, to help us do that is Tom Story. He's a realtor with Royal LePage Signature Realty. Tom, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing uh, very well. Happy New Year, and thanks for having me back on. You got it, Tom. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I don't know. Happy New Year is uh, sort of an advisable phrase because depending on which side of the ledger you find yourself, if you're a seller, I guess 2020 is looking to be a happy new year, isn't it? That's a really good way to put it. Um, We've been seeing decreased inventory throughout kind of most of last year as well and and heading into 2020, the new decade. I think it's going to be a year like I don't think it's going to be a monster year in terms of price increases. It's not going to be an off the charts year. But there's going to be a lot of competition out there um, because there just really isn't a whole lot to choose from. Right. And so as a consequence, Toronto house prices are moving back up. uh, And you're saying it won't be a monster year. So we're not talking like double digit, even though I guess year over year, the month of December did see a double digit spike in prices for certain homes in the Toronto area, right? No, December is always an odd month for me because it's one of those months where a lot of people take a month off and they're buying because they want to start back up the new year. It's kind of like a while it changes a lot throughout every single year. So it's kind of hard. To, I would take those numbers a, a little bit with a grain of sand. But um, it really depends on the asset class as well. Like, you know, if you look at what happened with condos, yeah, they're, they went up double digit December to December, and you'll probably see them go up another five to eight percent, at least in the 416 area code in 2020. But it's really the affordability that the number that always jumps up the biggest to me is because we hear about how many sales there are and what the average sale price is. But if you look at the percentage of sales that happen under 800,000, it represents almost like 60% of the market. So a lot of the transactions are happening under that $800,000 price point. Now, is that a result of the stress tests that have been placed on mortgages by the government because then people, rather than being overly ambitious and leveraged, uh, would maybe downscale their expectations? So there are more folks waiting to get into, say, the entry-level market or a lower run yeah. within the market. Oh, I think I think that's you hit it on the head. Like, it, that's exa- exactly what's happening. The, everyone, when the stress test came in at the beginning of 2018, it basically took everybody and knocked them down an asset class. So if you're going to buy a semi, well, maybe now you bought a townhouse. And it's funny because you look at, if you look in the, the Toronto condo market over the past five years, like the numbers truly are staggering. We've seen growth almost like 10 to 12% a year. It's been almost like 70% over five years. And, you know, I talked to colleagues that, don't sell condos like me in Toronto or Vancouver, but in other parts of Canada. And the whole kind of key to why condos are doing so well, truly, I think, is the generation coming in. And this is your only option, right? Like, you don't get to buy your dream house the first time around. So if you do want to get to that detached property, which in December costs just under 1.4 in the 416 and just under a million in the 905, you got to start somewhere and everyone's starting with these condos. So uh, I see where the uh, Bill Morneau, the finance minister, the government, uh, is looking at lifting the stress test. It's been in place, what, uh, almost two years. And yet uh, the CEO of RBC earlier today, in a piece I was reading in the Financial Post, says uh, tread gingerly around that. I mean, you don't want to lift the top off and everybody goes haywire again. Uh, How do you feel about it? I mean, you're in the real estate business and the real estate board, I think, is on record as saying they'd favor lifting the stress test. How do you feel? 
Yeah, I think the stress test did its job. I think they did exactly what they wanted it to. Um, the, the issue is, is that typically whenever changes are made, it's going to have the biggest impact on the people that are not already in the market, right? It's your first time home buyers. Because if you already own a property, well, at least you have equity in it. And if you sell it, you can move up. But it's the people that aren't in it. So I would like to see. So when the stress test came in, it essentially decre decreased purchasing power between 17 and 20% from what someone used to be able to afford. I still would like to see it somewhat tweaked, but I don't think it should be fully taken away because I do think it did its job. And our market is now kind of moving along gingerly where we had had points before the stress test where it was unrealistic what was happening. But I don't want to give you the alarmist scenario, but let's say in the event of World War III. Uh, sure. <laughs> or, well, that's a little bit alarmist. <laughs> yeah, increased interest rates, uh, you know, as a result, you know, whatever, uh, the vagaries of, uh, you know, international economics. Yep. Is that going to shake some people out? I think so. You know, I, I really look at... You know, Tr Toronto is a funny market. It's kind of been sheltered within itself because of our population growth, because of the amount of jobs that are available, and because, you know, we can, in Canada, we can borrow money at a pretty good rate, right? Mm -hmm. And I'd say those three, like ha having people with jobs, unemployment being low, having immigration high and all coming to a certain area, and having money that is affordable are kind of like the pillars of the market. So how I always look at it, myself as someone that invests in real estate as, as well as selling it is like, if those three are strong, it's probably looking like we're going to move along nicely. If interest rates go up, but the other two are strong, we still should be okay. If two of the three pillars get knocked out, that's when something could happen. That, that's kind of how I look at it. Again, with Tom Story, realtor with Royal LePage, real estate board here in Toronto came out with their data for December, and it looks like the trend is back upwards as far as prices. Home sales, uh, the number of sales uh, somewhat restricted, which is in turn leading to, on the supply and demand uh, chart, uh, leading to these higher prices. They say home prices in Toronto are going to jump 6% in 2020. Uh, where do you see the most perceptible gains? Was it a gain going to be in the condo market, detached homes, otherwise? Yeah, I still think, I think the two... The two that are going to see the biggest gains are going to be your entry-level condo market um, because it truly is just what most first-time buyers can afford, and there's a whole lot of people. I think the average age of a buyer in Canada is about 32, and that fits right in that first-time home buyer category, maybe second-time home buyer. Also, the semi-detached market, specifically in pockets that are very close to the core of the city, we're going to see big growth in semis, and the reason why is because it's your best opportunity to get a freehold property, meaning you don't pay maintenance fees, there's no strata fees, anything like that. And you, you, you truly own the land that you live on, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think condos, you're going to see a big year just because it's really the only option for a lot of buyers. And then that next step up after that townhouse, I think semi-attached are going to have a good year in 2020. Then there's also the option or alternative, perhaps, of uh, moving out outwards, as we've seen over the last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Niagara yep. region took off because there was a go service extended out there more frequently. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as people migrate to areas where they can find affordability in that little patch of green space in the back, uh, barring any new supply coming on board, and I don't see where that new supply is going to happen to you. No, I mean, there's there's a few, there's going to be a good amount of new condo projects that are going to finish this year, but really what that supply is, is truly just going to the rental market because a lot of people that bought them are now going to rent them out. So in terms of new supply available, 
in the 416 or even like the main GTA, I think it's going to be a tight year. The one thing, the conversation I have with my clients a lot about moving outside of the core, especially if they live, or sorry, if they work in Toronto, it, it all comes down to like, okay, well, what value do you put on your time? So if you're going to have to commute two hours a day, what's that worth to you? And some people don't care, and they just want the big yard and the different lifestyle. And some people really like the hustle and bustle of, of living downtown. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but there's there's going to be a big delta on, you know, you're going to get a lot more property moving outside the core than you are buying in, in Toronto. Interesting. Great snapshot, Tom. I appreciate it as always. Uh, we'll keep posted on this as they come out with their uh, monthly, if not quarterly reports, and uh, we'll talk again. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And you, Tom Story, Realtor with Royal LePage Signature Realty. And uh, in reference to the Toronto Real Estate Board's latest data for the month of December, year over year, it's, well, the takeaway is we're heading back into a seller's market. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.